A veces la moral y la ley no están de acuerdo. Y son estos momentos que pueden hacer un delincuente de un hombre derecho. La casa, los niños, la familia, las amistades, la tranquilidad. Wait, can we pause really quickly? I'm so sorry. Oh, you can also just like, this doesn't matter. This like, you know, this is all uh, oh, I can flubber. You can just yeah. cut this part. I need to like look up the... Uh... Actually, we've been doing cold opens anyways. This is okay. good. This is comedy. I need to look up... Uh... Oh here, I'll put a little more... Uh, yeah, so I'm going to leave it here and you can just do that. Yeah. My voice, because my voice is just a little... A little softer than Patrick's. Yeah, a soft boy. Yeah, uh, a soft boy. Patrick is a little Oscar. We're at his house. He has an Oscar for him. Guessing. Let me guess. Best brother. Is it no, best brother? Best, best host. Best host. Best host. The hostess with the most is. You remember those hostess commercials where like the person would be like swimming in the beach and the shark would come bite their ass and be like, "Where's the, where's the st uh, cream stuffing or where's the cream filling?" That's a nightmare. Those are all. All of them are nightmares. Yeah. I'm trying to find. Oh my god! I'm trying to find the thing that Don always says at the beginning of every oh, episode, yeah, yeah. so I can see. You got it. time? You can cut all this. Oh uh, yeah. I'm just. I'm. I'm. I'm filling in time just in case I, I come upon some gold. Gold. Um. Gold. There's gold in these oh, podcasts. I love gold. <laughs> Name that impression. <laughs> I think that's a. That's goofy. From the that's <laughs> goofy. Gorsh. Gorsh. Gold. I love gorsh. Gorsh. Would fuck me? I'd fuck me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, great. Just like a bunch of Disney impressions of like just like demented characters. Gorsh, would you fuck me? I'd fuck me. Gorsh. It's like, ho ho, it puts the basket in, puts the lotion in the basket, or else it gets to the mohoos again. I'm trying to find hello and welcome to the Bahambug. Okay. You want me to do it? I'll improvise one. How about that? Yeah, let's do it. Is it the Academy Presents? No. No, it's like, hello and welcome to the. You know what I should do? Here we go. This is the way I'm going to do it. Really quickly. Yeah, we'll do like, maybe you can edit it to make it sound like a 1990s, like, um, <laughs> well, like a radio host. Welcome back to. <laughs> like, two dudes, Patrick and, uh, someone in the morning. Uh, it's Patrick and the Gloosh. <laughs> hey, it's me, Patrick. My voice is like this now. Permanently ruined. <laughs> Uh, here we go. This is what I'm gonna hear okay. and hear him hear say it. it. Oh, I have it. Oh, good. This is good. I can just hear it on here, oh, so okay. you don't have to hear it. Okay, it'll be it'll be a surprise to me. Okay. Oh my god, got my headphones on. I got my swag on. You know what I'm gonna do? I'm not gonna memorize <laughs> that. <laughs> but you, do you know what it says? Like the you know like the general. I know the general. I know the general the gist. gist Let's of get the it. gist. Uh, but what I think I will do is I'm gonna like just. <laughs> I'm going to cut here. Hello, and welcome to the award-winning podcast, The Academy Academy, the show that discovers the absolute, undeniable, and scientifically proven greatest performance in your favorite actress' esteemed career. Okay, let's just let's just do it. Hello, uh, and welcome to The Academy Academy. I'm not saying this properly. We're recording an app. We're doing it. 
We're making it happen. How are you doing, Paul? I'm good. We just watched The Vigilante, a masterpiece in uh, 1980s uh, action. What do we describe this as? What's the What's the genre? It's a. It's like action. It's like a. It's not even a slasher. It's like a gritty. Yeah, gritty 80s like. Yeah, gritty 80s crime. It's like sleazy movie. It's like a sleazy movie. Yeah, very sleazy, very uh, slow, and like the acting is just phenomenal. Yeah, there's a lot of great moments. There's a yeah. lot of uh, a lot of like um, some macho really... machismo. Yes, a hundred percent machismo. There's like a lot of like a lot of good eyeball acting from Fred Williamson. It's pretty incredible. Uh, yeah. I'm gonna like okay. I don't know who any of these actors are. I, they just to me they they're just stars in like the movie. They are who they are in the movie and have not taken any role since. This is a documentary for me. <laughs> yeah, this, is, this just happened. Just yeah. Ha- right, um, uh, yeah, so we're like just to let you guys know, we are taking a break from uh, from the current Scott Scott season. Uh, Don, unfortunately, had some uh, previous engagement. Uh, he's just, uh, you know, just life happens. And so this is kind of like an episode we're kind of like do recording day of we're releasing it. So, uh, yeah, it'll be fun. It's going to be a yeah. good, it's a good up. And Paul Heredia, our, our, my co-host, my guest, who I should have introduced earlier. Didn't no, I'm know. here. No, I introduced. We, I think you should just recognize me by voice only. Like, you should know who I am from the get-go. You're like, that's fucking Paul. That's He's Paul. here. It's P. It's P-Dog. Yeah, yeah. That's actually what I want to be called. P-Dog. Oh, yeah, we both P's. Yeah, Patrick both and Paul. Yeah. Patrick and Paul. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Much to think about. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Um, uh, yeah, so we're just doing kind of like a weird one-off episode. This is just, like, not really... Uh, it's only tangentially related to Tony Scott or Ridley Scott. Mm-hmm. Um, Explain how. Yeah, the only, the yeah. only, yeah, the reason I'm doing this is because uh, for the upcoming next week's episode, the True uh, Romance app, I watched some of True Romance, and then I like watched, I rewatched the movie with like, there's like a bunch of like different commentaries that came with the. Blu-ray, and so I watched the, <laughs> the Quentin. Nothing else. Uh, so I watched the. Uh, so I watched the Quentin Tarantino, the version of True Romance with the of the. I watched True Romance. Oh my God, let's do it. I watched True Romance with the Quentin Tarantino commentary, and he talks about how the person that almost directed True Romance was initially not Tony Scott. It was in fact a guy named Bill Lustig, who was famous for uh, Maniac. Maniac Cop, <laughs> Maniac Cops <laughs> 2 and 3, uh, a lot of movies, uh, you know, of the Maniac genre, but, uh... The, the, main, the MCU, the Maniac Cinematic Universe. <laughs> oh my fucking god, that'd be so good. <laughs> it's like, uh, like Ant-Man, do you know who Robert Zadar is, Paul? No. He's like this guy who's like a perennial actor, he's like an actor who's in a bunch of the, I think he's like a Maniac Cop, and he oh, is like okay. a titular Maniac Cop. But he he rules. I want to show you a picture of this guy. He's a real man because he's also in Tango and Cash. I think that's. Like oh, I love Tango and Cash. Oh, dude. So he's the dude. He's this guy. He's this guy in Tango and Cash. Oh wow. And he has like he has. Like, he has a jaw. He has a huge. He's like, incredible. It's an incredible jaw. And yeah. so if this dude played like Ant Man, that'd be mm-hmm. sick. That would rule. He rules, Robert. <laughs> so like I yeah I'm team 
make get rid of yeah, Marvel movies. Yeah, we're make going it, with Maniac. Maniac, yeah, Maniac Cinematic Universe. And give two hundred million dollars to mm-hmm. to Bill Lustig, um, and so uh, or maybe not. I don't know, but um, uh, we watched a movie of his called Vigilante, mm-hmm. uh, released in nineteen eighty two, with a runtime of ninety minutes. Mm, yeah, baby. Yeah. Uh, here we go. Uh, Vigilante, directed by Will Lustig, written by Richard Vitere. I am definitely mispronouncing everything. <laughs> Released on May 18th, 1982. Rotten Tomatoes, and I'm going to edit this to make it sound <laughs> better. Cohesive, yeah. Or I won't. I don't know. I'll keep it in. It. Yeah, leave it in. Be, be chill with it. Rotten Tomatoes doesn't even give it a... Oh, no. Rotten Tomatoes gives it a low 20%. Mm-hmm. But oh, with an audience score of 69%. That's pretty good. No, that's that's cool. That's, yeah. That is cool. <laughs> that is six... Cult classic is what you call that. That's cult, cult status. Yeah. Let's read some of the reviews. Uh, Dennis Schwartz, uh, the one positive, uh, says it's a restrained film that has its entertaining moments. Uh, <laughs> okay. I love Dennis Schwartz. He's like one of these guys where like he's a popular uh, reviewer. I don't even think he's a popular reviewer. I think he's just one of those dudes that like wants to be a film. There's like a bunch of film critics that aren't really film critics mm-hmm. under Tomatoes, and I feel like he's. Yeah, I could be totally like wrong. best guy, Roger Ebert. Yeah, <laughs> Ebert. Ebert. What type yeah. of name is Ebert? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, these are like none of these are like real. Like um, yeah, there's no no. Oh, that's in French. Oh. Isn't it, isn't it, is it, oh yeah, yeah, Jits, oh no, that's, that's not French, that's English and I don't know how to read. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was like J-Pass and I'm like, no, it's Jets past moral qualms and cuts right into the most feverish sense of righteousness. Ah, uh, James Kendrick, that's like a semi-trenchant mm-hmm. observation, I'm, I'm, I'm with you a little yeah, bit. Yeah. Uh, Emmanuel Levy, that's a guy I've seen a million times too. Oh uh, yeah, like. the son of, uh, what's his name? Oh, is he like an actual guy? No, I don't know. Who that <laughs> okay, I was like, oh, the son of uh... Eugene Levy. <laughs> oh, if only, uh, if only. Uh, he's the other son. He's the one who was yeah. in Shit's Creek, and he's like, yeah, he's really fucking pissed. Yeah, but um, let's see, uh, if I find any budget, if I find out how much this movie, oh, you can find out. It made about five million dollars because I looked up on. You did? Or, or, oh, thank and you. it's on there. So it made about $5 million in the box office. Hold on. Yeah, yeah baby. Do-do-do. Yeah, let's do it. I'm going to have the Wii. Uh, I always use, whenever like the, I edit, mm-hmm. and I have to like edit a big chunk, I always put in like the Wii shop music. Oh, yeah. That's like my... <laughs> like, it's kind of like, like your hold, like, like your uh, elevator music. Yes, the... Also, let me just... Say not enough elevator music these days. Every time I walk in an elevator, not a lot of music playing. That's actually a good. There are no. Like we stopped for bring, some reason. Yeah, bring break music or like have like some radio playing. Mm-hmm. Get Let's some... see. Yeah, five million dollars in the box office. Oh, five million, five million ninety one thousand and eight hundred eighty eight. Oh hell yeah! Yeah, you heard it here first, folks. Mm-hmm. Um, it released in cans, right? <laughs> yeah, it did release in cans. I so I I listened to like. I didn't have a lot of time to watch this, so I didn't do as much research as I usually... I've been doing as of late, but I did watch, like, the first... 
I watched, like, before I watched the movie, I watched it with, like, the commentary for ten minutes before mm-hmm. I was like, ah, I should watch the movie before I watch it with the commentary. <laughs> this sucks. But uh, one thing that they did say at one point, in between talking about how, like, uh, you know, they like, all the tricks and ways they, like, saved money, that was kind of primarily all they were, they were talking about, for the most part, Will Lustig, and then the, um, I think it was, like, Andrew Garoni, like, the producer, mm-hmm. uh, which was, you know, that's a cool thing. Like, they were, like, trying, they were doing it from, like, a, the perspective of, like, hey, if you're a young filmmaker, this is, like, how you can, like, skimp and and save save cash. Uh, <laughs> they did talk about how, like, yeah, this is a film premiered at Con, which is, or Cons, which is yeah. crazy. What else, what else released that year? What was that, what was the, what was the, you know, what, what was this contender for the Academy Awards? Oh, that's a good question. Yeah. Oh, my God. So, I know that, it's so crazy, like, we've talked about on the podcast how, like, back in the 80s, like, mm-hmm. the type of movies that were, like, the highest grossing were so different from the ones now. Oh, yeah. Because, like, in 1983, the highest grossing movie was Terms of Endearment. Oh, really? In 1987, guess what the highest grossing movie was in 1987? 1987, highest grossing movie. It wasn't, like, Raiders of the Lost Ark or anything? There's Three Men and a Baby. Three Men and a Baby. <laughs> it was the highest Gutenberg. movie. Yes, yeah, Steve Gutenberg and Tom Selleck. And Ted Danson. Yeah, which is like a movie I've never seen, and to my knowledge has yeah. like no like like foot footprint on like popular no. culture. Like I haven't heard anyone <laughs> ever speak about, but that was the highest. Grossing and you think movie. at that point somebody would have like remade Three Men and a Baby? Wait, did they? No, no. I, that's like a hundred percent gonna be like on Paramount Plus, or you, yeah. you brought it into existence. It's kind of like how uh, Disney Plus recreated Turner and Hooch recently. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's just like, who, <laughs> why? <laughs> who wanted this? Okay, 1982, uh, Best Picture Movie, mm-hmm. Chariots of Fire. So that guy is, that's interesting, because, um, so Hugh Hudson, guy who directed that, he is a dude who worked at RSA, Ridley Scott's uh, Advertising, mm-hmm. who, uh, or Ridley Scott Associates, mm-hmm. um, who, like, he, Ridley Scott, before he became a director, he directed commercials primarily, and he had, like, a big advertising firm, and, like, everyone at this advertising firm ended up, like, creating movies that, like, defined, like, the 80s. Like, the mm-hmm. 80s was basically defined by, like, 80s, like, by British madmen. <laughs> so, like, yeah, like, all the people, like, Alan Parker... Adrian Lyme, Hugh Hudson, like, all these dudes fucking worked. Tony Scott also, Ridley Scott. Like, they ended up being the people that directed, like, Alien, Fatal Attraction, Midnight Express, Chariots of Fire. It's it's nuts. Flashdance. Flashdance. It was also, the, I think, best writing, too. Yeah. Best screenplay and best writing. Oh. Chariots of Fire. But, I mean, this just doesn't compare to Vigilante and the, the amount of work and writing they did put into this movie. Yeah. I mean, from the get-go, I think we start off in an awful scene uh, where a woman uh, tries to get out of an elevator and is assaulted by a, by a, by a I don't know, like a, a warrior is what I would call them. They're all dressed like like 1980s warriors, like leather jacket, like or like it's like a leather jacket and on top of that. It's always like a cut-off jean jacket. It's a really yes. interesting like it's yeah, it's a hundred percent like warriors fashion mm-hmm. and like. They're dudes that kind of look like squished up versions of actors you already know. Yeah. Like, this guy's kind of like a weirder Jack Nicholson, basically. Yeah. Ah, oh, man. Gotta edit that bad boy out. We, me- we music. <laughs> <laughs> 
it's definitely, yeah, it starts off with a guy getting, you know, a lady getting assaulted, and then, like, after that, they cut to, like, that guy, like, kind of bragging about, like, ah, oh, yeah. I get away with so many crimes, and then, or yeah. a van pulls up. Yeah, like, A-Team style. Yeah, and it's like, you see Fred Williamson and Richard, I think his name is Richard Bright, I want to say, or Blight. Mm-hmm. Um, he's the guy who plays Al Neary in The Godfather. So this dude is in The Godfather. He's been in all three of them. He's like the he's like Al Pacino's bodyguard in yeah. The Godfather. Essentially, he's not it's not like a huge role, but he's in like you know he's in The Godfather. Three of them. Yeah, all three. They just like go to town on these dudes. There's like a great oh yeah um, sound effect where like I think like like. Fred Williamson, like, breaks, like, he pushes up and, like, breaks a guy's nose, and you hear, like, the nose crunch sound. Um, yeah, we gotta talk about the Foley effect on this movie. Oh, man. It's, like, yeah, the sound design is, <laughs> is like, it can be a little rough sometimes. That's one of those movies where, like, the music's really loud, then the people are, like, really quiet. Yeah. It's 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 not great. It's not... So then they beat the shit out of these, th- these three guys. They take one guy, because I think they heard about what happened. So they, like, they don't arrest a guy. I thought they were cops in the beginning. That was very, like, I was very lost on that. I was like, I think they're cops and they're bad cops. No, it's just, like, these factory worker guys who heard about this. Go beat the shit out of the Jack Nicholson character. And then just, and then they take him and then beat the shit out of the other two and then just leave. And then they just cuts to, like, this, this other, like, and this, like, oh, right. Then it cuts to a gas station, right? Yes! Oh, my God! <laughs> that part's insane. So then there's, like, another, it's just, like, oh, so, like, after so the gas station comes a little later because what happens is you get that scene with like the um al neary guy fred williamson you get that scene with him them like taking that dude and then you're introduced to like robert forrester his character uh his name doesn't really matter (laughs) i don't think like they say it once in that movie and if they do it doesn't he's not really much of a character he's sort of like his role in the movie is like He's the guy that the the forty five year old dad in like <laughs> suburban America in the eighties that feels like his world is falling apart. Yeah. He can live through this guy. He's like the cipher that this guy can. Yeah. Like, he can like it's so because he's such a generic. He doesn't really say much. He doesn't really do much. In Robert Forster, incredible actor. Like he's a good. He's really good in Alligator. He's really good in uh, Jackie Brown. He fucking rules in Jackie mm-hmm. Brown. He got an Oscar nomination. Uh-huh. For that. He's really good in The Descendants. Have you seen The Descendants? No. He plays a grandpa in The Descendants. He's like a nice grandpa in that. Oh. I'm an old nice man. Uh, <laughs> and in this movie, he just kind of plays a guy who, like, he's like, oh, he just sort of, like, like shambles through atrocities. He, you know? <laughs> he never, like, has, like, he has, like, maybe one moment of catharsis in the entire film. Yeah. Um, And that could be just, like, a... That's a director. That's the yeah. That's a director. Role. Yeah. Like, I was yeah. I was gonna say yeah, because it could be. Yeah, I was gonna be very. If I was to be, if I were to be charitable, you could make the argument that like this is just a guy who doesn't know his emotions that well. And, like, <laughs> no, I think they like limited the like his performance. So like like you said, like so the average um, uh, middle American <laughs> man could see themselves like oh you don't want to give him too much. You're, like yeah, it's kind of like he's just a mirror for like the 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 man to be like I'm gonna protect my home because that's what it is like. So, like, did we talk about it? There's a gas station. This man, this, this guy pulls up, gets his, yes. gets his tank filled up. And the guy's like, $10. And the guy's like, I don't have it. And the guy's like, I fucking hate you. So, like, 
He's yes! Like, and then the, the guy <laughs> grabs the gas and it starts, like, like soaking this guy in gasoline. It's And insane. no one does anything. It is, like, so messed up that, like... Yeah, it's like an old man who's, like, his job is to be an attendant or whatever. I guess they're in New Jersey. Isn't that, like, the only state where, like, they have gas station attendants? Mm-hmm. Because that's Oregon. Oh, that's true. That's but this true. is not the this is not the West Coast. Yeah, this not is the, the East Coast. Coast. Yeah. Because it's very clear from like the way that people talk. Yeah, and like yeah, and like people are just like too funky. Like mm-hmm. these are these are funky folks. But yeah. like uh... the, the funk hadn't made it to the West Coast yet. <laughs> but, yeah, the time. West Coast was not funky <laughs> at this point. Yeah, the lack of funk was uh, significant at the mm-hmm. time. Uh, but like this, yeah, an old man is like, "Can I fill you up with gas?" And then this dude is just like, "No, I'm mm. not gonna." Or you can, but I'm not going to pay. Yeah. And then the old man's like, well, you can't have any gas. And then the dude takes, yeah, takes the gas thing, sprays him. It's insane. And then, yeah, and then a woman saves the day and then smacks the guy. And there's like kind of like this, like, oh, you made a huge mistake. But yeah. then again, we never go back to the fact that this guy was just covered in gasoline, like... That's so. I, then nothing ever. No, nothing ever happened after that. Yeah, it's nuts. Yeah, it is totally nuts. Or like the fact that like the other gas station attendant was just like gonna let his like coworker die. Like, yeah. I mean, I guess like that's like. <sighs> I guess if I'm like being like the movie's uh, devil's advocate, it's like. That's, like, his way of being, like, oh, the town's so crazy, I know that he'll kill me if I do anything. Yeah. But, like, no, nah, if you see an old man getting covered in gasoline, you go in. I don't know. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. yeah. But, and so, but one thing that's we need to make clear is that the lady mm-hmm. is the wife of Robert Forrester. Yeah. And they have a son who loves a giant model airplane. They have mm-hmm. a giant model airplane. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They play, they play with it. And then um, they go... <laughs> They, they go home. They go home. The lady and the kid, they go home. Uh, you see Robert Forrester at his place of work, which I think is like an auto shop for a little bit. You get like a little color commentary with that. Like you get like a sense of like, okay, he's the guy. He's like a working class guy. <laughs> his friends are the crazy vigilantes. Mm-hmm. It's not clear if he knows that they're the crazy vigilantes or not. Um, and then uh, the dude who poured gas all over everyone, he... His car is seen in the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Lady calls. Uh, <laughs> Lady calls the cops, and the cops are like, "Nah, that's not, yeah, it's not an emergency." And she like tells them everything, and she's like, "Oh yeah, that's not like we're good." Like, and then they hang up on her. So then, like, and then she tries to reach her husband, who like I guess it just isn't reachable for some reason. But I still, he still doesn't make it. Like, you know, the husband hasn't been made it made to be like, "Oh, this guy's a badass" or anything like that. It's, yeah, it's totally, like, yeah, it's, it's, it's wild. And so the lady, like, you know, goes to the closet, pulls out, like, a baseball bat, and does some, like, practice, like, swings. Which is, like, that's a little funny, seeing that. And then, uh, and then the baddies come in, uh, and there's, like, main, there's, like, uh, they all have names, of course. Like, Rico and Paco and Diablo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like not good. Very clever names. Yeah, very yeah. It's like a, I think we were talking about this. It's like one step above naming them and like burritos and like <laughs> yeah enchiladas. Yeah. Like yeah, it's just like oh, yeah 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 yeah. <laughs> Great writing. Yeah, very. Um, but uh, like it's so funny. Like the action's so funny because the editing and like all this stuff is so funny because it's like oh right again like the way they told you said that they were saving the budget so it's like you just hear crash and then like you see someone's hand come in or like every time they would do jumps like 
It was like the guy would jump from up high, and then they just cut to him like landing, just the feet just landing on the ground or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they break into this woman's house, like six of them. And then. <laughs> <laughs> it's this so fucked crazy. up, yeah. And then. So, like, they. <laughs> fuck. <laughs> they're letting her, like, kind of like they're, like, wrestling with her, and she's like, let go, and the kid comes down. And she's like, hide. And the kid's very smart, so he knows yeah. how to go hide. And he goes, like, up several flights of stairs and hides in the bathtub. And then there's one dude that's following him. And the woman, like, somehow makes it through, like, four or five guys. Yeah, it's so fun. They're so, like, lightly jostling yeah. her. It's very, it's very weird how she's able to just, like, escape from the clutches of, like, mm-hmm. like, like at least, like, two adult men and one woman. Yeah, yeah. And then she, like, leaves through the back, like, through several layers. She runs through several layers of, like, oh, of, yeah. of, of the clothing or, like, it's bed sheets. So many bed sheets. It's, like, three, like, three or four lines. They have, like, how many times are you pissing the bed? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then so she runs through, and then she, like, looks up. And then, like, at this point, it's, like, intercut with, like, the man looking, the bad guy looking for the kid who's like hiding in the bath in the bathroom bathtub, and then like it's just like sequence of like like building up tension between like her like running through the streets and then like the guy walks in and he's just staring at the kid. He can see the shadow, and he's holding a shotgun, so it's like super fucked up. He's gonna kill this kid with a shotgun, and he does, and it's like the blood splatter that comes out is insane, and then. The kid dies. Yeah. <laughs> the kid the kid's dies. like straight up. They straight up like yank a kid. It's truly upsetting and crazy. It is like crazy. Like I, there is like a part of me that's like, wow, like the movie does like go there. That's yeah. nuts. Uh, and the movie goes a lot of places. And like, yeah. yeah, it's very dark. Like I'm like, but like, you know, what makes it good is the acting. Yeah. <laughs> the acting. The I love, yeah, the, the mainly Fred Williamson's like eyeball acting. I love yeah. how like the faces. So, like, yeah, there's, like, two leads, basically. It's, like, there's Robert Forster and the arc that that character goes through. But then there's also the arc that, like, Fred Williamson, who is, like, kind of, like, the leader of the Vigilantes. Mm-hmm. He's, like, a co-worker of Robert Forster's character. But, like, at night, he, like, him and his, like, two sidekicks, like, go and, like, beat the shit out of people, <laughs> basically. He just has these insane expressions. Like, his eyes are just always, like, bulging bulging it is like it looks like he's like i don't know it's like he's like he's like working out really hard or something he's like pushing a boulder or something in his eye like he's just always he's stressed there's a lot of stress there's a lot of stress in his like he knows how crooked and crazy this world is that he needs to clean up clean up the streets himself so then so the kid dies (laughs) yeah and then the woman is then the, one of the bad guys sees the woman and, like, stabs her, and she ends up in the hospital, where then, like, her husband can't see her. Yes! And then, uh, then I think it's, like, we cut to a courtroom. I don't know, this movie's wild, because it, it does, like, a lot of cuts. It felt very slow, but then, like, now I'm thinking about it, I'm like, wait, they, like, did this all in, like, 30 minutes, where, like, how they, like, they're like, okay, this is a bad world, this is the main person, these are the other main persons... Because then, like, yeah, okay, let's keep going. Yeah, <laughs> I don't want to get ahead of myself. It's, no, it's so there's so much that yeah, a lot does happen in the for a movie that felt slow. There is like a lot of crud that occurs, like you know, because we have Robert, um, because Robert Forrester he finds out that his kid 
and is is dead, and yeah. he finds out that like it's so funny because like the doctor like who sees him <laughs> is like he has like a styrofoam cup, and yeah. he's like it's like implied that I think he's like just like yeah. drinking whiskey on the job or something. Like it's just like the yeah. He gives him he's like, do you want a swig? And it's like. You're in the hospital right yeah. now. You're my child and my wife's doctor. Yeah, you're the person who's responsible for keeping my wife alive. I'm good. And it, but like he doesn't even like really. I think like, you know, you could say he's in a state of shock. Uh, you could say that maybe I don't know if the movie cares whether or not he has a reaction. I'm not sure, yeah. but like, yeah, he's he's like nonplussed at the very least. He's not happy. Um, he. Speaks to, like, an attorney. The The attorney that's helping him is like, hey, you know, we'll try to, you know, I've, I think we've, like, tried to arrest him. We've, this guy's been arrested 22 times, yeah. this drug dealer. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll get him. Don't worry. The system still works. <laughs> and, they, and it's like, no, no, no. Because you see, you see, like, a as, like, they're going into, like, the courtroom, mm-hmm. you see um, a sleazy attorney, like, walk in, yeah. who looks like, I described it to Paul as a guy who looks like, uh, the Larry Cleast from the Mr. Show sketch. Uh, he's just a, not a good-looking guy. Like, a bad, an evil man. He looks yeah. evil. Um, uh, he goes into the bathroom, and he uh, speaks to his... Uh, he um, sees, like, a gang... It's not the gang member that's up for... Um, it's not Paco. It's not, it's not Paco. Diablo. No. I think it's Rico. I believe you Oh, yeah, because right. it is, because they call him... They say his name. They, they use his uh, Francisco, which is Rico, I think it's... Short for that. Oh, yeah. yeah. Hey, they went a little further. Yeah, yeah. It has layers. It has layers, <laughs> like an onion, much like yeah, Shrek. Yeah. yeah. Uh, very Shrekian character. But, but yeah, uh, they, they buy the lawyer off with like yeah. a couple wads of cash because they're loaded. No, no reason, no idea why. I think they rob people. Yeah, and it's uh, they uh, you know, they go into the court and. Surprise, surprise, the, the bad guys win. The lady that's helping, the the, the uh, moral attorney that's helping uh, Robert Forrester is not able to get this guy arrested. In fact, like, the I think, like, the judge decides to give... Yeah, they really give him a, ch- they really give him a chance. The guy's like, hey, can I approach the bench? Yes. And then, like, I think he's just crooked. And he's like, I don't know. Like, how about, like, they're just, like, bargaining, like... Like, over, like, what? It's like, I don't know, like, 15 years sounds, like, too much. How about five? And then, like, yeah, I don't know, how about two? And he's like, yeah, that sounds fine. I'm like, okay, that's that's yeah. how the, the law works. I guess, yeah. It's, like, in, it just it happens insanely quick. You're mm-hmm. just immediately, immediately, it's like, eh, this guy's going free. This guy who's, like, been arrested 22 times and, like, uh... You, we could make a strong argument that he's killed a baby, like or killed a toddler. He's gonna, he's gonna go, and uh, Robert Forrester responds by like attacking that dude. Yeah, and so the so ju- then so then he goes to jail instead. <laughs> yeah, the judge sends him to prison. Yeah, it's not good. It's uh, I'm. But yeah, he goes to jail for attacking the. He didn't attack the judge either. No, he just att- he, attacked- he attacked. He tried to attack uh, Rico, but yeah, like then like. Then the, the vigilante group is still outside, and they're still doing their stuff. They're still, like, looking for, like... Yeah, they're, like... So the next scene, I think, after the jail part, is, like, the vigilante group is, like, hanging around. This guy's dealing drugs. Uh, one of the vigilante guys... The crazy bulging eyes guy, because I, I refuse to uh, remember names. <laughs> he starts following this one dude. And then the guy's like, oh, I think this guy's following me. So he kind of, like, takes a turn. And then he just... 
for the purposes of the of the plot, <laughs> yeah. there's a guy in a wheelchair that the guy has to knock over. So the guy, oh my god, yeah, <laughs> he like I love it. It's like his, his the show to demonstrate how evil this like this uh, this drug dealer is. That he like walks by a dude just wheelchairing along and then punches him over. Yeah, and so then like Fred Williamson of course has to save. But then like here's like the problem is like. So Fred Williamson is, like, taking his time helping this dude. And the other guy just, like, he gets over the fence. Yeah. He, like, stays for a little bit and watches. Yeah. It's, like, a recurring theme in this, like, movie is, like, people staying way longer than they should. Yeah. People, like, not being as effective <laughs> as they should be considering yeah. the situation. I don't know. It's I, think like, this, I think this is my favorite sequence, though. This oh. is my favorite sequence. This is a chase sequence because then it just kind of, like, builds into this, like... Very, and it's just like it's almost cartoony. Yeah, well, they had like cool like techno music playing in the background as well, like or synthy music playing in the background. It's it's one of the few times this movie feels like really alive and fun. Yeah, because it's like yeah, because this is also the moment where like after Fred Williamson goes over the fence, he does like kung fu. Yeah, yeah. it rules. Yeah, you want. Like, I wish there was, like, more of that, of, like, Fred yeah. Williamson using Kung yeah. Fu to fight drug dealers. I wish he was more of the main character, because I feel like we yes. follow the guy. It's like, yeah. Like, that would have been great. It's just, just this guy just kicking ass and chasing people down. Because, yeah, like, he hops over the fence. He does his Kung Fu thing. He's looking for the guy. And it's, like, in this huge abandoned, there's, like, an empty pool. I don't know. It's, like, a, an abandoned, like, community center or something. And then the other guy pops up. <laughs> Yeah. And then he's like, oh, there you are. And then he just starts chasing him. And it's like, this is pre-parkour. So, like, there wasn't a lot of parkour being done. But, like, if it's very parkour adjacent with this guy, what these guys were doing. And then he, like, hops over a fence. No, he hops, like, there's, like, a fence dividing. So he goes around the fence and it's, like, this two-story building. And there's this, like, face-off between uh, the two guys. Between, what's his name? The crazy, the bulging guy? Uh, Fred Williamson. Fred Williamson and then this other... Um, uh, with, I don't like, know the, the. It's like Al Pacino, the Al Pacino looking yeah. guy. Yeah, and they're like, there's a fence between them, and they're just having this like, what are you like this weird face of like, what are you doing? Yeah, what are you doing? Why are you doing this? You're a weird guy. Yeah. Stop following me. And it's like, yeah, that's another moment too where the Al Pacino looking guy he could have just ran away. Yeah. He'd be if he had not like stayed around to harangue. <laughs> Like, Fred, he'd be fine. He'd be doing more crime. Yeah, he taunts them, and, like, they're, like, you know, the guy kicks the fence a couple times, and, like, go around. He he clearly (laughs) wanted to kiss his guy. They just did it for this weird face-off where, like, if you could see each other, I want to put a fence between them. Also, we established that he has a gun. Yeah, he had a gun. (laughs) He has a gun, because there's there's an earlier scene in the movie where he's trying to get Robert Forrester, before Robert Forrester goes to jail and before his life gets ruined, Mm Like, there is a scene where, like, Fred Williamson's character is like, eh, you should be a vigilante. It's kind of fun. And it's, like, it's the one moment in the movie where they're, like, they kind of, like, it's, like, the one are we the baddies moment (laughs) where, like, yeah, it's, like, are we, like, is it good to, like, uh, do vigilante crimes? Uh, Like, you know, Robert Forrest's character kind of, like, pushes against Fred Williamson's uh, philosophy of, like, yeah, we gotta clean the streets of scum. (laughs) I think, like, he even says something along the lines of, like, you know, like, it's, how do we know what's scum and what's not scum? And then Fred Williamson's character's like, oh, you'll find out. Mm -hmm. 
But uh, yeah, he just never uses like he he only uses the gun that one. Uh, not until later, actually. He does use it later eventually. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and he feels bad about it though. Yeah, he does. We'll talk about it, but that, yeah, yeah, he feels bad. That's the moment in the movie where he is like, "Oh, I am the baddie." Like uh, mm-hmm. these skulls on my yeah. on my lapel mean I'm bad. Yeah. Yeah. But then he's like, because it never established that his friends were there too. So then like the guy runs away and like somehow like like they're still chase they're still in this chase sequence. Like, a lot of uh, pre-parkour stuff. And then, like, his friends show up out of nowhere. I didn't even know his friends were there. And, like, they catch, catch the guy. And they bring him to, like, a bathroom and, like, start kicking his ass until he gives him answers. Right? Yes. So then, like... Oh, yeah. They go, they go into this, like, restroom. And, like, yeah. And at a certain point, they do the thing where they, like, they hang him out of the window. And they're, mm-hmm. like, tell me. And eventually, they're, like... Oh, I get my drugs from Horace the Pimp. Yeah, Horace yeah. the Pimp. Oh, yeah. great. A one, yeah, good, a very interesting, like, you know. Good introduction to Horace the Pimp, because it is like, immediately that we cut to Horace the Pimp. <laughs> yeah. Who, so we cut to, like, three women standing outside, and then, of course, a, a man in a big old car comes yeah. up with, like, leopard print seats. It is, like, just a very much a, like, uh,. It is like he's a party city pimp. Yeah, yeah. It is a, like if yeah. you got like a pi- like a pimp costume in <laughs> yeah. Party City, mm-hmm. this is what he would it would look like. Yeah, and they're like, yeah, let's just make it like as like stereotypical and of the time as possible. So like, then a woman comes goes in the car and she's like, "You got my money?" He's like, "Yeah, I have your money." And then like she gives it at him and then she <laughs> he slaps her immediately. He's like, "Don't talk to me like that. <laughs> yeah, I'm bad." <laughs> yeah, don't talk to me like that. Like you should be making more money. Go out there and make more money for me. And then so she gets out and just starts crying. And then he then he leaves. I was like, what a scene to be introduced to. Oh my god, yeah, no. And then, but then he's like, just as soon as he's like introduced, he's like, almost, I feel like it's like pretty soon after that, like the, the gang comes and yeah. like just totally like ices him. And before they ice him, they're like, you know, I think they like take him to like a random alley Oh yeah, like, yeah. They run. No, yeah, they run him off the road. And he, his car flips. Yeah. Oh my yeah. god. I forgot that the car. There's some like fun. I will say this about this movie. There are some really good. Uh, they must have had like a big car budget or something. I don't know. Oh yeah, yeah. Because a lot of cars get flipped and a lot of cars get like messed up, and mm-hmm. that, that's fun. Good like chase that. sequences. The action sequences are very fun. Like yeah. cool. Like that. Like I just wish that the, like. There's more development in, like, the characters. Because I'm like, there's three or four vigilantes. And I'm like, oh, we got to introduce them. Like, you know, like, yes. this is an A-team of vigilantes. We got to, like, have, they all have their, have their, like, their own persona. Like, you know, like, oh, that's the explosives guy. He blows people's dicks off. <laughs> that would be good if yeah. he only specifically blew off, like, the pelvis area. Yeah. Like, <laughs> they know how to you know. strap C4, but only yeah. to a pelvis. And that's, that's Tony. He only chokes people. <laughs> He chokes people no matter what. Yeah, my mm-hmm. wife was choked. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, yeah, it's... Yeah, it's, like, one of those things where, like... I think that the problem with the movie for me is, mm-hmm. like, there's good action moments, mm-hmm. but there's, like... The action isn't good enough to justify the lack of, like, character yeah. development. And, like, there's not a lot to, like, hold on to. Yeah. It's a very bare-bones movie. Yeah, because then they pass down, they pass the buck to uh, another, to like a, a politician that they saw that we were introduced via a like commercial at a bar playing. That oh, was very yeah. like. So then they pass the buck to him. So we get introduced to Horace the Pimp. And like, Horace the Pimp is in the top of the chain. Then we get introduced to the top of the chain. And then he just 
off the guys. <laughs> they just kill yeah, him. Yeah, <laughs> he's like done. Yeah, Stokes yeah. is done. So I guess like the origin of crime in the city is like destroyed. Yeah. It's very like, and then while that's happening, you have like what's happening to Robert Forrester's character. He's like in jail for... Yeah. Uh, 30 days. Yeah, 30 days, 30 nights, you know. <laughs> yeah. Like, he uh, can't yeah, jack yeah. off. Yeah, <laughs> That's, is that the off. premise of that movie? Yeah, exactly. Oh, oh my God. I remember there's like a scene in it where like, was it, is it, who, who, who is the lead? Is that like Jason Biggs or like... No, you it, think about um the 40 Days, 40 Nights movie yes. with um, Josh Hartnett. Josh Hartnett. Oh my God. That guy, uh, he was almost... Uh, Batman. Yeah. Instead of Kristen Bale. And, like, that's, like... He had, like, an interview where he was like, yeah, that's, like, my biggest regret. Like, shouldn't I should have been Batman. Oh, it's so funny. It's like, yeah. It's like, damn. That's his a... acting's pretty, like... His range is interesting. Like, I don't know. I've never, like... I can't... I'm trying to think of, like, movies... He was in, like, Lucky Number 11. Oh, my God. <laughs> what a great uh, name for a movie. Yeah. <laughs> that is insane. Does he play... Is his... This is his character named Slevin? Uh, maybe. I can't remember the movie very well. Oh, my God. Yeah, he was in 30, day, 30 40 days, days... 40 Days, 40 Nights. Yeah, and yeah. 30 Days of Night. Oh, yeah, is he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Which is, like, another movie where it's, like, another weird, like... Uh, I guess that's, like... I'm trying to think of a 40 Days and 40 Nights and 30 Days a Night. Like, <laughs> yeah. the, the vampires will only attack you if you're not masturbating. <laughs> <laughs> and then he was in this other movie that was, like... It seemed like a cutout. I forgot the movie, but it's, like... It seems like a cutout, like film, like it was very well animated, like. Oh, Bunraku. That's it. Yeah. That's I don't exactly know how it. I know that, but I know it. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> it has like Ron Perlman, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a fun movie. I need to watch Bunraku. It's a, that's a movie I've always wanted to see because they do like rotoscoping. Yeah, yeah. You should watch it. It's fun. Yeah, because I like it's like a Scanner Darkly or Waking. Yeah, life. yeah. Um, okay, so back to prison. Back to um, oh yeah, he's in prison and like somehow he's just getting beat with people. I don't know, like I don't know why, like. We went to prison, prison, like, for 30 days. Like, not like a jail where, like, hey, like, you know... And you'd think, like, he'd just go to jail, but 30 days in prison, to hardcore prison, too. Yeah, it's, like, it is interesting how, like... I want to say that the movie wants to think it's, like... But, like, no, you're right. Jail doesn't have, like, facilities. Yeah. It's not, like... Yeah, this is, like, a, an actual, like, penitentiary he's yeah. in. There's, like... He has a bunkmate. He has, like, there's showers. Mm-hmm. It's, like, a real the real deal. But they all have their own style. I will say that. They all have their own clothing style. Like, there's this guy... Huge guy. Yeah. Built. Big chest. And they have to, like, show it off because he's wearing this tee that he, like, cut out the neck himself so his chest could protrude. I'm going to, like, I will find this guy later and I will comically insert his name <laughs> at some point in this, in this episode. Uh, the actor I am trying to think of is Henry Judd Baker, who is in Cruising, in addition to the Michael Keaton film Clean and Sober, and the Denzel Washington film The Mighty Quinn. It is accomplished! But he somehow has beef with, like, People yeah. in jail, which he should, sure. Yeah. He's, and then um, he's just living his life, and then, like, I think he makes a friend. Yeah, well, that's just the thing. This this friend is so, like, it's just totally comes out of nowhere. It's mm-hmm. not dessert. Like, he doesn't, like, I guess the guy has pity on him because he's fresh meat. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> but it's also, like, so the actor who plays the friend in jail, or, like, the mentor in jail or whatever... He's a guy named Woody Strode, who's, like, mm-hmm. in a lot of, like, westerns from, like, the six, like 50s and 60s. Um, he was, like, I think, like, he starred in, like, Sergeant Rutledge, 
just like a John Ford movie that was interesting. It was like the first like I think it was like the first. He was like the Woody Strobe was actually the first African American person to like star in a western too. I believe. Hell yeah. Uh, yeah oh yeah. Uh, but uh, and <laughs> the thing about him being in this role is, I think like it's part of like the. Like, this movie is, like, selling you, like, a suburban dad fantasy. Mm -hmm. Like, you want to be able to stop crime and stuff like that. And I think part of the suburban dad fantasy, too, is, like, oh, if I went to jail, Woody Strode would would protect me. He'd, like, save me and, like, kick the bad guy's ass. Like, I think that's, like, part of it, too, is, like, I want to be friends with Woody Strode. He knew John Wayne. Yeah. And, like, um, but, uh, like, so, like, yeah, this old guy's, like. His protector. Yes. Because he's about to, like, you know. Uh, yeah, he's in the shower. He's in the yeah. shower, so and this guy just comes in like I'm gonna have my way with him, and the cops like, all right, have a party, and everyone leaves. Everyone knows what's about to happen, and everyone leaves, and then the, and the guy starts fighting these people, and the other guy comes in and kicks ass. But he's so funny because the punches look awful. The fight choreography in this movie. Uh, D minus. Yeah, it's like, well, in part of it's just, it's so unbelievable that Woody Strode, who's probably, like, in his 70s at this point, is, like, defeating a dude that looks like, like, if Jim Brown ate Jim Brown. Like, (laughs) he's, like, Shaquille O'Neal height. It's crazy. He's huge. Yeah, he's a big man. And so, like, um, Woody Strode, like, saves, uh, Robert Forrester from some, like, shower chicanery. Robert mm-hmm. Forster is like, and it's like to Robert Forster's credit, it is like it's not a flattering role he's playing because he's like, when this happens, he's like cowering on the ground in the nude. He looks like Gollum. He's like, <laughs> yeah. He looks like Smeagol. He looks like, he looks like the uh, like dead Voldemort. You know, like when he's <laughs> under the bench at, and uh, <laughs> Harry Potter's in limbo. It's like if yeah, if, if uh, dead Voldemort had like some like brown, like a nice luscious but kind of thinning black hair. Mm-hmm. Brown black hair, like, yeah. that's what it's like. Yeah, that's the energy. Uh, but yeah, and then he like I he, think like that basically that's basically it, right? He like he, that's like his like that that was his jail sentence. Yeah, that's his jail sentence. He doesn't really get like he doesn't even like nothing really develops. Now he learns. He doesn't learn anything in jail. It's like it's just like oh, people are bad. I think that's that was it. People are yeah. bad, and I need to like fix that. So he like gets out of jail and goes finds his friends, and basically he's like, I'm fucking in. Yeah. And this is, like, three-fourths of the way into the movie. Like, this yeah. is, like... It's... It is yeah. nuts. It's, like... And this is also after, like, they killed, like, the head guy. Mm-hmm. They yeah. kill... It's such a weird movie, because it's, like, they killed the final boss, and now they're going... You're going after, like, sub-bosses. Yeah. You're, like, going... I guess you're... You're backwards. It's very weird, yeah. yeah. And so, like, they find the guy who, like... Almost killed his wife. Oh, also, while he's in jail, his wife, like, decides to leave him. Oh, yeah, yeah. I forget, and that's such a... All the stuff with the wife is so, like, matter-of-fact, and, like, it's just, like, she, like, immediately like, disappears. That was the, yeah, that's basically the end of her character. First, she was, like, a bit, a bit of a hero, and then she's like, oh, we're done with her. Yeah. And, like, all right. Yeah. This did not pass the best adult test. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. But, uh, uh, past the male version of that. <laughs> a lot of times when two guys are talking yeah. about not having sex with a lady, <laughs> um, they end up, the movie kind of, like, picks up pace after this. The guy, like, you know, his wife leaves him. He, uh-huh. he leaves the hospital. He, he goes to Fred Williams, and he's like, I'm in. We're doing this. They find the person who, uh, attacked his wife. 
that guy is like, you know, I didn't kill your son. And then he's like, you know, who killed your son? And it was like, oh, it's the other guy. And he shoots him anyways. Yeah. It's like the one time in the movie where you actually see, like, emotion, too. Mm-hmm. Like, he's like, he, like, is just like, you killed my son. And he's like, no, I didn't. And he, like, shoots him. He shoots him anyways. And, mm-hmm. like, yeah. Like, it's like the one time you see some, like, real, like... It's the one time where Robert Forster's character, it feels, it feels like he actually, like... Like cares about what's happening around him but it's still like too little too late yeah. like uh, we, he never cries like there's like you want like one like if, if anyone like if uh if my dog had a sprained paw i would cry <laughs> like I, I feel like i don't know like that's like a that's like it's crazy but then like um also this dude uh who they kill he has a um like a there's a, a wife a wife I got a wife, girlfriend. I think it's a, I think it's like a lady of the night. I think okay. it's a courtesan. Uh, but like the that lady pulls out a gun and shoots one of the four vigilantes, and then Fred Williamson's character like, does, does Fred Williamson like does he pull out his like pocket gun or does no, he, he have had a gun? He had, he had like a, a shotgun, right? Or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had like a big like. Gun. I don't know if it was a big gun actually. I think uh, it was just a regular gun, but like she flew. That's the thing. I think that's the thing. And my brain is like justifying how much she flew by being like he must have had a bazooka. He yeah. Must have had, like, <laughs> because like yeah, she like she like flies into like the shower, and mm-hmm. then like that's the one time in the movie too where Fred Williamson's character is like, "Am I a bad guy?" And they they don't resolve that. No. And then the movie ends with the main bad dude, the dude who, like, killed the son. Yeah. He's, like, getting chased. There's, like, a car chase. Yep. Car chase is crazy. Cars get wrecked. Mm-hmm. There's, like, one moment where oh. it looks like they're driving in the same neighborhood a couple of times. It feels like Flintstones, where you see the same, like... <laughs> you see, like, the same, like, furniture over and over again because yeah. they're using the same, like, panel. Um... But after, like, this car chase, they, um... He, like, they go into some sort of, like, uh, like, playground. Like, not, like, it's, like, not a playground. It's, like, a, you know, like, industrial playground. Yeah, it's, like, okay, so, like, what Don and I, when we, when we see these places, it's, like, this is, like, um, this is almost, like, a subset. So, we, there's, like, in a lot of these movies, like, you'll end up in, like, these factories where it looks like they're just, like, pouring lava yeah. And we call them, like, lava factories or whatever. Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. that's like T- Terminator 2 is, like, yeah. a perfect example of it. And this is, like, the out the exterior of one of exactly, those. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, and, and, and we have, like, a couple, because I think, like, Rising Sun is, like, another movie that has one of these things, too, where it's, like, where did all these, like, pipes come from? Yeah. Where are we, like, they're just, like... We great. love pipes. Yeah, we like, love... Like, 80s movies love pipes. That's, 80, like... They like, love I remember, like, in, like, the 80s, every, like, movie had, like, a, uh... Like every hangout spot for like uh, punks was like some sort of like underground warehouse with a bunch of pipes and like grates and stuff. And you're like, what is this? This has yeah. never existed. And there's like always like like uh, arcades too. And you're like, where is this? Where is this? Where the fuck is this? Who lives here? Yeah. So he like finds the guy, and then the guy, and he like he's like they're like they're fighting. The fight the fight sequence is awful. Like another awful bite. They're just kind of like pushing each other, and the guy's like. Just kill me. I don't give a fuck. I killed your son or something. Yeah. Like that. Oh yeah. And then Robert Forrester's like, I care. And then the guy's like, I don't care. <laughs> like, yeah. fuck you. He, he kind of just gives him like one more screw you. Yeah. And then he just like throws him off. Mm-hmm. He that looked up though when he threw him off. Oh, that sequence that ruled. Yeah. That was. I wish the whole movie was just yeah. that guy throwing off right. people. Yeah. <laughs> And he splatters on the ground. Yeah, his head his yeah. head is like a watermelon. Everything else is fine. 
Yeah. Yeah. yeah Everything else is fine. Yeah, his, his skin everywhere else is pretty He's strong. flawless, basically. Yeah. Flawless skin. But then, and then, after that, um, we get a scene of the judge that sent him to jail, to prison. Mm-hmm. He, like, goes into his car, and he turns the ignition, and then his car explodes, mm-hmm. and then you see, like, Robert Forster, like, you know, might as well be giving, like, a two thumbs up, yeah. like, yeah, fuck that guy. I did that. He's like, problem solved. And then, cut to credits. Yeah, like, very... It's, like, a very abrupt. Yeah, she's like, all right, we're done. Yeah. Just like this episode. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> that would be kind of sick. Yeah, but, like, yeah, it's just, like... It is kind of like a movie where, um, like, it's not, like, the most boring movie I've ever seen. I don't, like, there's movies I hate more, definitely, mm-hmm. uh, but it's, like, uh, and it's definitely not a movie that you want to, like, it's a tough, there's some rough moments, like, I don't know yeah. if everyone's gonna like it, but, like, um, I don't know, it's one of those things where, like, I wish, like, it needed to be crazier. I yeah. think that's, like, the thing, like, it wasn't crazy enough yeah yeah like if you're gonna have like this like level of like gratuitous like you know child murdering and like Mm -hmm. you know horrible crime and scum and villainy Mm. like go all the way or don't you know have some insane fight sequences i don't know sorry max text me oh yeah but yeah but you gotta leave that in (laughs) yeah leave that in um Uh, nah i'm not gonna leave that in uh but yeah Maybe. Maybe. Um, yeah. Overall, it's just, yeah, it's like, I agree with you. It needs to be, like, more ridiculous. Uh, but it's a good movie to watch and just comment on with friends, where you're like, all right, we can just comment on this, because, like, but the sequence <laughs> is cool. So yeah. check out the sequences online, where it's like, it is just, like, the editing is so funny, because it is, like, now you get, we're so spoiled with, like, people who are willing to put their, like, parkour skill to, like, good use. And back then I was like, no, like we gotta cut around this. We can't just hire someone. Nobody knows how to do parkour yet. <laughs> no one yet. Parkour has not invented. This is like, yeah, this mm-hmm. is the era of action sequences where like it's just like you get a guy from the local neighborhood that was like a local tough, and he teaches you how to like you know punch a slab of beef mm-hmm. Rocky style, and then you you mimic punching that slab of beef on a human kind of, and that's all you can do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and well, it seemed like. Robots are gonna be doing parkour. <laughs> yeah, like it, they're gonna be doing all the stunts. Yeah, soon it. Well, it's all just gonna be VH, VFX. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be like you know, everyone's just gonna be using James Earl Jones's voice because he sold his voice oh, yeah, to yeah, Disney yeah, or whatever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, everything's gonna be AI. You can just put it in like Dolly. Like I need someone just in parkouring. Oh God, yeah, dude. And like that is like scary. Like in like two hundred years, it'll probably. You'll be able to do Dolly just for, like, a movie. Yeah. It'll be, like, a movie about Borat and Spongebob uh, <laughs> uh, solving a murder. Yeah. I can't wait. That's going to yes. be fun. Just, like, the worst, like, prompt you could see. Just, like, <laughs> Borat and Spongebob. Yeah. They're, like, mm-hmm. three-hour movie mm-hmm. about Sandy Cheeks uh, discovering... Uh, smooth jazz directed <laughs> by tim burton go <laughs> <laughs> that's great uh but uh yeah uh, uh i think like oh. give us your last thoughts <laughs> yeah it's like yeah you know it's it's fun it's a fun break from like the tony scott movies and the ridley scott movies but um i'll be glad to be back in the scott zone next week uh get in the zone get in the zone auto zone scott uh, zone scott the scott zone uh next week we will have uh 
Don Beck, most likely. Uh, we will be doing a True Romance. Paul, do you have any plugs? Oh, sure, sure, sure. Plugs, plugs, plugs. Uh, you can find me at uh, Paul Radio on Instagram. I have shows coming up, uh, depending on when this comes out. I have uh, a show at UCB Franklin, Saturdays until the end of October 2022. Uh, I do uh, some social media stuff with the Daily Misinformer. You can check that out. Yeah, just follow me and then see what I get into. Nah, that's it. <laughs> Hell yeah. And I want to say uh, one more thank you to Paul for, uh, this was a very last minute record, and we're doing this at like 2 in the morning or one forty in the morning, and very nice of you to do this, thank yeah, you. Yeah, and we're going to party after this too. Yeah, we're going to make, uh, we're going to smoke drugs. Yes. We're going to smoke, I think my grandparents listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> Grandma and Grandpa, I don't do that, I promise, I'm a good boy. <laughs> <laughs> No, those aren't my weed sounds. <laughs> <laughs> uh, bye-bye.